0: Business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's 7 minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining me. And I had an experience. I bumped into somebody the other day, and uh, they looked at me and said, Oh, you, you're still in the country. I thought uh, everybody had made Aliyah. And uh, it's definitely the feeling that one gets on the street. A lot of people are talking about immigration. A lot of people in the Jewish community are definitely talking about Aliyah. The numbers are definitely up. But that's not what the business show is about. The business show is about, for those of you who are thinking of going to live in Israel, and those of you who are thinking about investing in Israel, It's an absolute quagmire And it's an absolute lion's den When it comes to buying property For two main reasons Number one, you don't have the language skills So you're not quite sure what you're getting into Who you're speaking to and what's going on And second of all You don't have the skills of buying property Or dealing with property in Israel We get very used to it in South Africa It's very simple Your estate agent usually takes care of most things Your bond helps you with your mortgage But all of a sudden now You're walking into a whole different environment environment where the finance and the estate agent are divorced, they don't really work together. You need to handle that. The commissions are paid from the opposite end to the way they're paid here in South Africa. Um expenses and fees are a lot lower percentage wise than they are here. But again, if it's only one percent and you're paying two percent, you're getting schneid for a lot more than you would over here by getting, you know, taken for a ride by a few thousand Rand. So there's no one better to speak about this than Sabina Ziff. Sabina, welcome to CHI-FM. Thank
1: you very much, Avi. Thank you for having us.
0: And just in case you get fooled by the English accents, Sabina does live in Israel, and you are an Israeli, from London originally. And uh, sitting next to you is a colleague of mine, Ari Kruger. Ari, welcome to CHI-FM.
2: Thank you so much, Avi. Great to be here with you.
0: Great. Sabina, our challenge is to try to get a word edgeways in between Ari but uh, we're going to do our best. For me. <laughs> Good. Sabina, so, you know, we're going to give you about 30, 40 seconds to give a bit of an introduction. We will take a break and when we come back, we'll continue. So just maybe tell us a bit of your background, where you come from, what you're all about.
1: Okay. So, um, I, gr- I was born in London, but to Israeli parents, um, and, 11 years ago, I made Aliyah to Renana Fontaine, as you guys call it. And um, being in real estate for the last 26 years, so 15 years in London, I took it upon myself to go back into it in Israel. And a year ago, I started the Israel Property Network um, to help people get a smooth transition on understanding how everything works in Israel because as you said before, um, it's it's a minefield that we're not familiar with from where we come from. It's completely different and um, we hold their hand and we take them through the process in a language that they understand. So from English speaking countries, we have English speaking people to help them all the way to finding their home and to their right investment in Israel.
0: Sabine, let's take a quick break. Craig, if we could go to the shops, we'll be back with you in a moment this is rv on business sabrina coming back to you so now we're in ronana fontaine we're there we've started this company and you've aptly named it the israel property network and we're discussing offline or off air rather it's all about helping somebody with property anywhere in the country so it's almost a one-stop turnaround solution
1: that's exactly what it is um all too often every every agency has their inventories and they have their exclusivities but what people don't know is that there isn't um And it's total exclusivity. Most agents work together. Most of the cities have uh, WhatsApp groups amongst the different brokers. And we work together. So it's about choosing the right broker that you trust and you have a good kesha with and that you want to work with and you want to understand what's going on because you don't want to be pushed into something. It's a very expensive mistake to make with all your taxes and everything else taken into consideration. And um, ultimately, what you want is someone who knows the city. They understand the politics. They understand the demographics. They understand the schooling. They understand... Where your key law will be. And that's what I do. That's what all my brokers do. We mentor. I'm the director. I have 14 offices across the country. I have 26 licensed brokers across the, uh, across the country. And all of them know their cities. They know where your schools will be they'll know how religious you are how not religious you are where you'll feel comfortable so that you can do your bray on a shabbat afternoon if that's what you want to do and your neighbor's not going to start throwing things at you and screaming and shouting or that you're not going to have people playing loud music when you're entertaining and you're hugging because that's what's important to you so placing you in the right place so that you have a successful aliyah and ultimately happy wife happy life and your wife will only be as happy as your most miserable child. So you need something that pulls all of that together, and that's what we try and do. And it's a cash show. It's a relationship that we build because it's not just sales and rentals. We also do management. We also help people with their pilot trips and their Airbnbs. And then after, we offer other services.
0: I was just about to say, you know, is coming up And the Dayenus are coming What you've just said It was Dayenu If, if that's all you've told us now Because someone who's been Through the experience of spending time there In December Going, having, looking Trying It's overwhelming And if you haven't done it You can't relate To what you're saying And you hit a real nerve there When you're talking about The brian Shabbat Or doing what else you want to do on the Chagim, because it's finding the right mix in an area. And again, you might think you fit in there, but maybe you don't fit in there. But Ari, for you, that was more closer to home. You've done it recently. You've left Glen Hazel. You went to Israel. You went to Ranana. I was involved. I mean, I remember speaking to you about the process. It seemed quite straightforward, but what was the thought that you and your wife went through to get to a particular area?
2: So, um, so firstly, for me, Ali has been a, a long journey. Um, since I was 16, I had this dream of, of you know, going to live in Israel. Um, as, as life ha- happens, um, there was always an excuse. When my daughter was born, uh, my wife and I took the decision to go. And uh, I suppose that's the first step. Being a financial advisor and still continuing to work here, I'm also um, a nudnik for uh, to research and make sure that I, I do things uh, correctly. And we spent a lot of time actually doing a lot of pilot trips and actually learning and seeing r- firsthand, you know, where we want to live and where we want to build our lives. Um, I sp- obviously, um, I grew up in Benakiv, and I've, I had a lot of uh, madrichim that had uh, made aliyah and who were able to introduce me and refer me to a lot of people. And it was one incredible day that I actually bumped into Sabrina, which really changed my Aliyah experience completely. Um uh, me, and, uh, me and Sabrina have developed an incredible relationship and she's uh you know, I always joke I say she's my Aliyah angel, but really she has. Because from the moment we Landed. We knew the right place that we wanted to live. So you guys knew each other from before you left? Well, we met each other actually on one of my pilot trips really? uh, in actually uh, Holy Bagel in, in Ranana. <laughs> and I suppose that's where our love was born. Um, <laughs> but more importantly than that, she's she's really helped us every step of the way from choosing the right location to live to making sure that my daughter got into the correct gun, which is a South African speaking gun that my wife felt comfortable, to making sure that my flat was fumigated is and cleaned. The, there's
0: an the Afrikaans gun in Ranana?
2: <laughs> Let me tell you something, you can find anything English speaking in Ranana. You said,
0: you said South African speaking, not English speaking.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, but South African speaking is, you know, I always, I always joke, I said Americans can speak uh, English, but we speak a different language. Um, so that's it. I mean, from the time I arrived there, there was internet in my flat before I even moved in. Uh, Sabrina came to take and make sure that we had our, um, our cell phones done. She made sure that our biometric IDs, our passports, our driver's license were converted and obviously, uh, traveling up and down, um, obviously I'm still working as a financial advisor here, um, and traveling up and down, I was inundated with requests from clients, from friends, from the community in terms of how do we invest in Israel? How do we choose the right partner? You know, where do we start on this whole thing? And 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 what we did in November last year, we actually brought a very high level, high profile team to South Africa, um, consisting of myself, looking at uh, the property investment side from a financial planning perspective. Because so I think that's very important. Is and I think that what's that's what differentiates us a lot is that when you're dealing with Sabrina and I, you're not just dealing with an estate agent. You're dealing with an estate agent who comes with a local South African financial advisor um, who's been dealing with creating wealth for um, for a very <laughs> long time. Um, and then also we brought a, a, a world-renowned ex-South African uh, Israeli attorney who's, who's also great. We also brought uh, um, an independent mortgage consultant, um, and we really brought a whole team together to meet, um, to meet and advise our clients.
0: Fantastic. So you really, you did it together and you, you, so you went, Sabina, you helped Ari to have a soft landing, which is the term. The softest landing. That exactly, <laughs> that people turn, uh, talk about. I just noticed having had three kids of Maid a simple thing like fetching your Tudatsuhut or getting your passport or my youngest son now, bless him, opening a bank account without mm-hmm. getting shafted with some sort of sad investment that you don't understand what's going. They it's offer you so... an
1: additional loan. Do you want fifty thousand shekels? And the boy's like, I, I don't know. And they're like, just sign here. It's just in, in case you want but it.
2: You know, I, I actually realised that I was making Aliyah and realised how you know how, how it was when my wife saw that um, just after we made Aliyah, Bon Jovi were coming to uh, Tel Aviv, and obviously being a, a constant junkie, she said, No, we have to go book tickets. And I said, Okay, well, how hard is it to book tickets well about 45 minutes later i was on the phone to sabrina saying listen here's my credit card details please book my wife and you've got
0: no vitality discount for them either
2: (laughs) Uh, i know (laughs) we have got to speak to to adrian about that
0: guys we're running out of time we just need to take a quick break let's run to the shops we'll be back in a moment this is rv on business welcome to 101.9 high fm it's 22 minutes past 12 in the studio with me is a colleague and friend Ari Kruger from Discovery who is now also from Israel Property Network and the CEO of the Israel Property Network, Sabrina Ziff. Sabrina, let's start at the beginning. If there is a, a couple they're looking to come to Israel, let's start with the basics: renting or buying. They've got an idea where they want to come. They called you. They said we want to be in the Mecca's. We want to be somewhere in central. We are a modern Orthodox family. We've got kids that sort of fit into all the pigeonholes. Where do they start with you?
1: You start with a phone call, (coughs) Um, WhatsApp, phone call, a a brief conversation. I ask a number of questions. Everything's private and confidential. I ask how religious they are, how Shabbat Shabbat they are, um, what they do for work, if they know people, um, if they have family. And with that, I get an idea. Um, If they want to be closer to Yerushalayim, if they want to be closer to the beach, if they want a moshav feel what they want, because you don't you can't decide what you want to do if you don't know what you want so often I say to the husband and the wife what what is it we want we have a whatsapp group with all of us and then we start discussing things then I add to the group the brokers for those different cities we make a plan I hate it when people say we've never been to Israel or we're not planning to come because you have to see it you have to decide it you you will get a feel and I always say trust your gut because again what always always just blows me away is how many times people have said oh i'm about to buy something in israel a a new project someone came in to sell it in south africa and i go lovely which city and they tell me and i go have you been and they're like no but we saw the poster and the artist impression exactly you laugh but they do they 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 buy it on paper because the trees next to that that building that looks all lovely and new and it's all drawn so beautifully with a child being pushed along in the push there with the husband smiling and the wife skipping is not real the real thing is that if you look around and you turn around from that poster and you see it you're sitting on sometimes just land and the buildings are in the middle of nowhere and to get to a store you'll you can't walk it it's impossible and you can't bike it because there's no trees the the foundations the town planning hasn't even started yet and it's a dream and it's a promise and it's a wish then 15 20 years it's going to be a vibrant city but anyone who knows ranana knows that Modien was built 20 years ago because it's going to be the new ranana and it's still not the new ranana it's a great city but it's a ghost town during the week because most people commute to different cities For work and And for high tech and different countries. is a massive commuter town, but there's things to do. Lots of people have invested in Netanya, beautiful, by the sea, but people also invested there to go on holiday. So what is always guaranteed, it's like Elat, during the Chagim, it's inundated with everyone and their children and their grandchildren. So that beauty of I want to spend time with my family in Netanya by the beach is actually, oh, my God, we are in the middle of everyone from... Johannesburg and London and everyone knows each other and the children and the grandchildren are fighting and they're fighting over sun lounges. It's, it's not reality. It's not a living of, of a life. Because I always say to people when they say, oh, we want to live in Netanya. Okay, you get to Netanya, you sit in your balcony, you look at your wife and you smile and you go, what shall we do today? Uh we going to get in the car? Are we Are going to go to see friends in Svat? Or let's go to Zikron? or There's nothing to do. But in somewhere like Modin or Renana or Telmond or... Somewhere more central, Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, there's Shiorim, there's communities, there's Teolim, there's activities, there's um, options to volunteer, and there's things to fill up your lives. And for families, there's amazing schools, phenomenal schools with Kitatolim Olim, so that it helps these children, because you cannot take a teenager from King David or Yeshiva College who has the Aleph bet Hebrew experience and say, Yeah, they'll be fine with the Hebrew because that's not proper Hebrew. It's completely different. I went with three little girls eleven years ago. They were four, six and eight. And they'd never even been to Israel. But my husband pushed for it for four years and finally I submitted and we went and they never once said, we want to go back, because it was a very soft landing. And you, why not? Why not have a soft landing? Why make it difficult? I'm not saying we for everyone, but there is options and there's cities. Give up Shmuel It's a beautiful, beautiful city for young families, young newlywed couples with beautiful opportunities. And town planning is already there. And you're close to Bnei Barak and you're close to Tel Aviv and you're close to Petah Tikva. And there's a new light railway. Israel is changing and it's awesome. And we uh, we are very, very privileged because we don't just push one or two cities. We have 14 offices. We can help you across from Svat Ashkelon, anywhere you like, and we can help you choose the right property, the right investment, the right project, because no one is pushing me to force that project down anyone's throat. I'm here to help you make the right decision.
0: Sabina, just listen to you talk, as, as I said to you during the break, you know, as someone who's starting to maybe look, some because my kids are there, and we want to help them with buying and and renting and things like that. The little subtle points that you've almost said as throwaways, your affiliations, your sense of religiousness, your what those things are so crucial in Israel. You know, I, I, I almost always say to people, I'd love to be able to walk down the street on Shabbat and only hear zmirot and only hear people. And then when you go to such a place, you think, hold on, haven't grown up in South Africa. And when a friend who's not Dati drives past you and waves and says good Shabbat and you, you greet him, it's such a nice feeling. And I, I don't want to lose that. I don't want my friend to say, I can't come to you for Shabbat anymore because I feel uncomfortable. And I'm not judging. I'm just no. saying no, finding the people. right area is so crucial about going through someone like you. But Aaron, you've done it. Is the promise as does it deliver?
2: So you know Aliyah, Aliyah is um is a beautiful and incredible opportunity and for me it was it was a dream come true. But uh, you know, as many people say, Zionism ends the day you make Aliyah. <laughs> and then there's the reality and the bureaucracy and the and the change of life and the and the lack of help and the lack of family and the lack of infrastructure and the lack of community. So I'm I'm very um, pro telling people that um, when they're making Aliyah to as, as Sabrina says, actually go and and, and do a pilot trip. Go and experience what the ground looks like. Would you guys help people with planning a pilot? So yes,
1: yes. We, um, I'm, again, we're not just a re- residential sales and rentals company. Um, we offer management. We offer Airbnbs. We offer investor services. And what that means is that if someone buys an investment, we help them with builders and plumbers and anything they need, But putting in a swimming pool, buying appliances. We help them with that. And also for a limb, the same thing. And what we do is we say to them, because, again, it's very different. When you go and rent something in Israel, most of the times, it's completely unfurnished. You just get a kitchen with no appliances. You don't even get the globes in the in the lights.
0: And that's an important or difference. Or, or, and it's in South <laughs> Africa, a stove and an oven is considered a fixture. Exactly. Totally. In Israel, it's not. In
1: England, it, it's called unfurnished, but it has all your white goods and it has pendant lamp holders and it has wardrobes. In Israel, you get nothing. Okay, and nothing is also it's very important. Nothing is standard. So everything you need someone to hold your hand because it can be detrimental. And I'll give you a brief um, um, example. We. I got a call last summer from a lady who's South African, and she said, I need an Airbnb for three months. I said, no problem. Are you doing a renovation? What's the story? Because I am a nudnik, and i like to know. And she said, well, we're thinking about whether we're staying or not. And I said, pardon? So she says, we're thinking about whether we're going to stay. I said, stay in Renana or stay where? <laughs> she goes, no, stay in Israel. I was like, hold on, you sound like you're from South Africa. Where would you go? So she said back to joburg i said uh, 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 um, seriously I, I, I just came from joburg i was here in may last year so she said um yeah yeah it's very private personal i can't talk about it i said fine um so where where do you live so she told me where she lives i said oh okay um where do your children go to school so she told me where they go to school the school is a pluralistic very modern jewish orthodox school but it's uh, it's not compulsory to wear kapottes and it sits and girls can wear leggings but it's uh, pluralistic and they have to do um, to fill out in the morning, and it, and everything is in order, no shabbat uh, parties, and it's a beautiful school and very popular. And I said, hold on, why do you live in that neighborhood? Because that's American and French. And she said, look, when we came, I told um, a broker that we wanted a house with a swimming pool, we wanted a lifestyle change. And I said, okay. And was was that broker French or American? She goes French. I said right and she put you in the middle of a religious french and american neighborhood when you're pluralistic and you're you you're on the other side of town and she burst into tears and she said yes i said tell me have you made any friends and she again cried harder and i said right where are you i'm coming to meet you for coffee i went and picked her up i took her to a coffee shop and we sat and talked and she misses her mother and her sister who's here in joburg and her husband commutes and she's alone with the kids all week and the pool does not fulfill anything and it doesn't help i said to her please give me one more chance let me put you in a nice neighborhood another house with a small pool somewhere you'll feel comfortable and she phones me up on a monthly basis and says thank you invites me all the time for brides which i try to go but i'm often abroad doing what i'm doing now and she said she i changed her life because she would have gone on that plane back and her husband also says Thank you, because one day she phoned up and said, I'm going to the airport, I can't do this anymore. It's really difficult. It's very, very hard. The men come, they put us in places, and they disappear. My husband commuted to London. I was stuck with the children. I didn't know one person in Ranana. And now I walk around, and my children won't let me walk into a supermarket to forget milk and bread because it's 25 minutes later and they're dragging me out going, "Mummy, Mummy, Mummy, I want to go home. So it's very important to have that understanding of that mentality that I put, often put people together as families. I always say, oh, there's a lady who's also just made Aliyah two years ago and she's very similar and kids are the same age, and I us them because that's what it's about, making it so comfortable because there's so much more to be challenged with. You don't need this on your head, and your home is meant to be your home, your place of rest, your family space that you can fill Feel high, you know. You can live.
2: Uh, that's a very good point. I just want to reiterate that. I mean, coming from a from a guy who spends uh, at least one week a month in uh, in Johannesburg and leaves my wife with uh, a little uh, just under two year old girl, that's exactly what Sabrina's saying. It's so important that you put them in the right place. With the right community and in the uh, with the right infrastructure, because when you're not there and you're carrying on, at the end of the day, they've got to be able to be happy and enjoy the new uh, the new environment.
0: I, I just thought of an analogy, you know, as parents, when your kids are little, or so are little, and they can't speak and they saw, you start to learn where they saw by the way they they behave, but you can't wait for the day when they say to you, Dad, Mom, my ear saw, my tummy saw. All of a sudden, you're like, you not know, going to focus and deal with that particular issue. Going on a pilot trip is like a, a, a spray and pray sort of <laughs> philosophy. Absolutely. If you don't Shrift. have it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. And um I, um I think we need to just maybe pull the show back a little bit to business because it's – but this side is absolutely crucial. It's
1: an expensive mistake to make.
0: It's a very expensive mistake to make. Not only that, it's expensive in a monetary sense. Of uh, sense, you can get back on the plane thinking, "I've achieved nothing." But what I do want to give a massive shout out to is the South African community in Israel. What Absolutely. a phenomenal Absolutely. group of people. You call a South African, you say, here, they've got this problem. Kids huh. are being fetched, huh. pigs are being done, people are rocking up to a tekis kumta, people are doing this, people are inviting you for Shabbat that you've never seen. We had an amazing experience. We went to a particular family, and I know the family from here They don't rem- remember me, but you know, I wasn't worried about the kashrut or anything. And it comes up in the meal. She goes, "I just want you to know that my husband went out and he made sure he bought a certain milk." I said, "But all the milks fine." No, nope, we I bought and then the meat, so I said yes, says, it's from Moishi's. You bought it back from Joburg <laughs> so that you <laughs> wouldn't have any issues. She had three, pre-thought this three weeks prior to us coming. Is that considerate? It? And it's just this thing, and that's the word considerate all across the board. So let's get into some meaty business stuff. Yeah. Let's first find out, I find that three million is like the go-to figure. If you want to buy something, it's between three, three and a half You're million. Talking rand,
1: dollars or shekels? Shekel.
0: Okay, go ahead. I'll have two. I'll have two. What, are the, what okay. are the hidden costs are there? So what deposits do I need? What can I mortgage? What are the costs? What are the fees? How much cash do I need? Okay,
1: look, first of all, um, you need to talk to someone who who knows their stuff. But generally... I think I am. No, no, no. <laughs> Finances, I I, I I don't even step into y- yes, it. Yes, but you've got idea but an idea of what I need. Totally. Here. Again, it's all about um, who you are, what you're coming from. If you're Israeli before, if you've spent too many number of years in Israel before, there, there's lots of different factors to take into consideration. Um, also, how many dependents you have under the age of 18, everything is taken into into factors. But generally... Um, mortgage um, mortgages can be given to you um, between 50 to 70 percent. So you need either a 50 to 30 percent deposit. It's a very, very large deposit. That's why I say to a lot of my investors around the world. I travel to the States, to Europe, to England, and to South Africa. Um, Happy
0: separated England and Europe. Over yes, here, yes. Brexit's
1: down. done. It's finished. Sorted. Uh, and British colonies. <laughs> I'll throw that one <laughs> it's in. It's called Commonwealth these <laughs> days. <laughs> Commonwealth. Whatever. Whatever makes you feel better. Um, but generally, um, I say to them. Don't just pack up and say, let's just go now. Um, think about it. You've got to plan it. You've got to plan it accordingly, especially in South Africa, where you can't take too much money out and you've got money in all, all different parts of the corners of the earth. But generally, if you're able to, I always try and get my clients to buy something off-plan and buy projects. There's lots of different projects, lots of different options. But
0: not in the middle of nowhere.
1: Not in the middle of nowhere. Do not buy in the middle of nowhere because your great grandchildren will not remember your name, but say thank <laughs> you so much for buying in the middle of nowhere, um, even though the sea line has got closer to it, <laughs> and uh, etc. Um, look, there's great op- opportunities, great options. Um, again, a lot of my brokers have also personally invested in those cities, and when you personally invest your money, you have personally invested. Um, but generally. You have got to be able to show an income in order to get a mortgage. And the way you do that is also while you're still here. You've got those incomes. I know your plan is making Aliyah, but I always say, just don't tell the mortgage company or the bank everything. They don't need to know everything. While you can show your three years' worth of monies, try and get your mortgage now. Try and show that now, because once you get to Israel, and you've done your ulpan, and you've done everything else, and then you start looking for a job... You're wasting and you're biting and eating into your savings. But you just
0: said something that might seem simple to you, to the average South African, thinking about it. I understand. So you're saying that you can pre-qualify for a mortgage prior to leaving. Absolutely.
2: So, So people actually say that you should... Pre, um, pre-qualify pre because once you sign, it's not like in South Africa where it's subject to bond approval. Once you sign, you are committed to that liability. So then you can't go to the bank and say to them, well, you've got to give us the bond because they say, well, you know. Not you, today. <laughs> yeah. exactly, the
1: computer
2: says no. Yeah, the computer <laughs> says no, although Sabrina will fix that. <laughs> but no the truth maybe. of the matter is you should know exactly beforehand what is it that the bank has approved you for, right, and what the term of the loan is. So sometimes, for instance, if you're 70 years old, they're not going to give you a 20-year bond. Right. So you've got to have that that pre-approval so that you know exactly how much bond you are able to get, what is the years of your bond that you're going to pay off, what is the interest rate, and what is your monthly payments. Once you know those factors... We can go shopping. Exactly. But without knowing those factors, we almost, you know...
0: It makes so much sense. If you as an estate agent in that role understand this person's got a mortgage for 70% of 3 million, it's 2.1 roughly, right? And...
1: Also, how can, they, how can they afford to pay the, the, the monies, the repayments each month? So I've got to make sure the numbers work because, again, once you, most people, once they sell or rent or once they sell to a client, that's it, their relationship's over. But we offer the management services. We offer the other services. And I don't want to be stuck when someone says, hold on, Sabrina, you told me I can get 6,000 shekels a month for this property and now you're offering me 4,000 and it's still not rented after two months. I'm going to feel terrible. And that's not what I want to do. So I sell I don't sell green bananas. I sell it as it is. I sell it real. And I say, what's the most we can get? What's the most you can afford to be comfortable with to to invest in Israel? Let's buy the best of what we can do. And then I will tell you everything. And that's what we offer, that service. Also,
2: maybe maybe just to go on to that. this is RV on business.
0: I remember that, that, that picture you showed me a few years ago, of that whole family dressed up as Father Christmas yeah. walking down one of the Haredi streets. Haredi streets with their, with their hats It's
1: wonderful. They just think it's a, a nice little thing, but it, they don't realize the, the significance. And so the I know this is not family hijacking.
0: I might be in, Purim, in, in Israel for Purim. What is Israel like on oh. Purim? You
1: know. Because sure. in Joburg,
0: it's a non-event. I know in London yes. it's a big thing.
1: Well, it is and it isn't. We have the Purim Spieling down Golders Green uh, Road, PPA, yes. Princess Park Avenue. We throw the eggs, we throw the water and it's all great flower and et cetera and fun. But I must tell you, um, look, I was a, I'm was, Sephardi, and we grew up in London, and inside our home was very Sephardi. Um, and when we used to do the Ashkenazi thing, it was all lovely, and uh, Israelis laugh at me at how my pronunciations of certain words in Hebrew are so Ashkenazi, but that's what I understood.
0: Well, they call it Ashki.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, they do, they do. Um, but generally... I didn't feel the chagim, um, we, I was in Hasmonean prep, Hasmonean girls school my whole life, so very from upbringing. And on Yom Hans I remember we would get excited because we would have, be having falafel for the day. But that was it. We walk out and we're, we're in Gollum. We're, we're there. And it's, it's, we don't feel it. I can honestly say my first Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, um, Being in Israel, actually my husband flew to London because he worked in the Shekhita in London and it's the busiest time with Kipurus. I remember sitting at a South African table, a family called Klotniks in Tali, in Renana South African people who took me and my three little girls in. We'd been there a month and a half and they were just incredible and welcoming and warm. And I didn't feel alone. And I was a bit upset that my husband's sitting there with my entire family at that big table. And I was sitting at these people, but they were so wonderful. And I've never forgotten it in 11 years. And we're still very good friends. And you feel everything, even the irreligious um, who live around us, and which I love as well, talking about that, is that I want my children to understand that there's a big world out there and it's a live and let live. And that's what I also find so beautiful because in Israel, in England, I wasn't wearing a shaital, but I was religious and I was, I was strict kosher and people would be like, Oh, we've got to go kosher because Sabrina and Lloyd are coming along. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. That's me. But in Israel, my from friends, my irreligious friends were all the same. We treat each other with such respect. It doesn't matter how from, how not from Chiloni, what we decide. Some people go to shul in the morning and the beach in the afternoon. It was all acceptable and every hug Feels like a hug And what I find so wonderful is how often when it comes to Pesach, all the prices spike up everywhere around the world. When it comes to Yom HaTzmut, everyone's doing brides and everything else, prices go up. In Israel, it doesn't because everyone is much more humble. Everyone learns to live um, really within their means. I had a big home that I never stepped into certain rooms in the house and I'd had the heating off because no one ever went in there and we'd have to turn it on just so it doesn't freeze the pipes. I never really understood How much I didn't enjoy life in in England. I was so happy there, but I didn't realize I wasn't so happy. And when I went to Israel and we were much more humble in a smaller home, it was so fine. It was okay because outdoor living was there. Prices went down at Pesach because they want everyone to enjoy that. Prices for Yom Hatzimut, for the tents, for the meat, for the barbecues, all those things that are associated with that hug, prices go down. It becomes so much more affordable. Why? Because everyone should be able to enjoy it. The, the chesed is in, it's amazing. It's phenomenal. And one thing I really, really felt was when my father passed away four years ago, I, um, sat part shiver in, in my home and part of it in Jerusalem with his family. But my siblings, we, after we buried him in Israel, my siblings and my mother went back to London and they asked me to go back, but I didn't want to, I, I wanted to be with my family. I couldn't believe especially in the South African community, how many people came to see me? People I recognized and I knew, but I never thought they knew who I was. And they took time, they brought food. The chesed that I had never imagined was phenomenal. Why? Because we're all the same people. And the understanding of what we were all going through was just there, and everyone was so loving and caring. And I can honestly say... They've taught me, especially the South Africans, have taught me amazing salad dressings. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they've taught me how wonderful a community can be because um, I, I wasn't familiar with it. English people are a little bit colder. Um, South Africans are very endearing, very warm, and it was just beautiful. And I get so much pleasure helping the, the South African arm of it because I can see what they're going through here as well. And the rand's being as as low as it is, and what they're taking the hits on their homes for selling. But I can honestly say when uh, the French people had the same thing about seven years ago, and they were coming to Israel, and we were dealing with them. It was very difficult because everyone was selling their homes in their Jewish areas for the same prices, and the agents over there were saying, "Wait, the Jews are going to have to drop it again, and the French were coming with their heads in their hands. but you know what they ripped off that plaster, they made that commitment, and they started to live it 's not a dress rehearsal don 't waste time. The kids are young. They've got amazing education, they'll pick up the Hebrew, there's support, there's Telfed, there's there's us. My network is there to hold you. And even years later, people still phone me and say, oh, Sabrina, I need this, do you have anyone? And I help them because... Everyone I put in touch with those people is that, that's my 10 years of knowledge of living in that city. Plumbers, South African plumbers, South African builders, South African everything. Everything is available in your language. There's no such thing as that's how it is in Israel and you've just got to take it, like it or lump it. Everyone can have A piece of it I will help you I will show you I will hold your hand And I'll make it possible Some people can't afford to buy We can help you rent We can help you through the process
0: So let me ask you that A lot of people are asking that On the on on the SMS line Renting versus buying If you've come to an area You've chosen an area You've helped them Everything just fits hand in glove But now people might have the means They might have the pre-approved bonds But they want to just live They want to have a bit of You know they want to be, an halacha would say, you want to just be involved, you want to become engrossed in the area. Is it a better thing to rent in the beginning and then take it from there.
1: It's whatever your pocket can afford. Um, look, renting is a great option if you can afford to then afterwards buy quickly because it's also eating into your money. Um, also women, they want to settle. They want to put their pictures up. They want to change that kitchen. They want to feel a home. They don't want to feel like, oh, well, we can't do that. Oh, look, we've dented this and the landlord's going to like give us and take a knock on our deposit. Um, it's, it's about finding the right happy medium. And again, you talk to your broker. This is what it's about. Finding that one broker that you have a great Kesha with that you can talk and that pillow talk. I always say there's three people in this marriage. It's you, me, and them. And, and we're, we're, the three of us are going to talk about it. How religious you are. One side more religious than the other. We find that happy medium and then... I give you the advice. At the end of the day, I give you the facts. But most people won't do that. They won't waste their time on a rental. People have often said, how do you give that time for the 3,500 three shekel rental as well as the $70 million sale? Because... I want everyone to make that right decision. And I give people my time so that they make that good decision and they can start to live. Before you know it, you've got some hot and we can enjoy it and dance together. But it's about the relationship and finding the broker that understands you, understands your wife, understands what's going on in the family. Then you can make those great decisions. So renting, yes, of course you can do it. But you also need to find a job. Again, I should have people. I can help you find English speaking jobs abroad in Israel in startups but do it sooner rather than later because one shot at life, it's not a dress rehearsal. 100%.
0: Let's get a little bit clinical now for the next three or four okay. minutes, investing. Someone's listening to the show, they're not making aliyah, they've enjoyed the chat, it's all warm and fuzzy, but they're sitting here, they've got some money and they want to invest over in, in, in Israel. Where do they start?
2: So, so, I just want to just step in here because I think it's important. And a lot of people came back to me, um, obviously, after I'd made Aliyah and I was coming back and I was dealing specifically in the wealth management. And they were saying, should I invest in Israel? Why should I invest in Israel? Yields are low in Israel. So so firstly, I always say as an investment, um, you've got to really understand, and you'll know this, what is your investment objective? What are you trying to achieve from this investment? If you are trying to achieve a high yield on your investment, then property in, as an investment in Israel is probably not the the best um, investment, simply just because prices are high and uh, rentals are low, which ultimately gives you a low yield on your uh, um, on your investment. However, what I do say to people, in, and for me, which really I'm passionate about in terms of why you should invest in Israel, is because there's a demand bias, and at the end of the day, you are going to get good capital growth. As someone summarized it to me, very, very, very beautifully, they said. At the moment, you've got six million Jews living in Israel and you've got eight and a half million Jews living outside of Israel who have never felt more insecure in their respective countries. And when Jews anywhere in the world feel insecure, they have now the difference between now and throughout Jewish history is that we have a solution. When anti-Semitism or when Jews do not feel comfortable, whether it's crime, whether it's affordability, whether it's lifestyle, whatever it is. There's now a solution. There's a place in the world where we can come to. And that place is Israel, which means you are now, you are not only when you buy uh, property in Israel, you're not only competing with the Israeli market or the, or the local Israeli people. You're dealing with the entire Jewish community all around the world. And that's why I say if you buy in the correct area, right, simple demand bias is going to give you good capital growth in a hard currency over the long term.
0: But Sabine, based on that, should one not buy that building in the felt in the middle of nowhere?
1: As I said, if you want your great-grandchildren no, to benefit. An, as an investment. Uh, again, the problem is I have a situation now where someone bought um, a, an apartment in a new town with a new promise. They have had it sitting empty for nine months. There's 70 apartments in the same area. There's like 14 blocks of buildings, and there's 70 apartments that are completed and ready and sitting there in dust. I can write my name on it 20 times. The problem is the the rentals have gone down, so the demand is not there. People don't want to live in the middle of the Stechach, no matter how much you're giving it away, because there's no train station, there's no trees, there's no McCollett, there's nothing, there's no infrastructure. It's about buying real, buying now, and there are so many options one million shekels, there's options. One and a half million shekels, more options. Partner with someone else who you really trust. Buy together. Make good decisions. Again, it's a, I can say to you, I want to buy in Joburg. There's a place near this airport. Is that great? No, exactly, you're <laughs> laughing at me, but that's it. Don't throw your shekel over in, into the Med as you're passing into Israel. Just because it's Israel it doesn't mean it's 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 all great and it's all wonderful. There's There's so much more because... The investment is worthless if it's going to be a saturated market. And also, so you know, the Israel Property Network. We also sell in Athens. We also sell in Cyprus. We also sell in Barcelona and Portugal. And why? And in, and in London? Why? Because Israelis are buying there. Why? Because they want their visas and they want their passports. But the problem is, people are now asking me about Portugal investments. No, no, no. It's not real. It's fake. And I did it in Spain, fifteen years ago, when I sold a lot of Spain and Malaga and Mijas and. It became a saturated market. Now you have ghost blocks. That's what's also happening in Natanya and IAMM. You have a lot of ghost blocks because people buy as investments and they, they go there. Um, no one's living there or they rent it for very low because you're building levies, which is also the tenant's responsibilities. It's, it's expensive. So now you have to drop your yield and you have to drop your rental price. Now you can't cover your mortgage. Now you can't even remember the agent's name who sold it to you. So now you're looking for someone to help and your head in, in, is in your hands. And you're or in a bit you of the far
2: away in South Africa, right? You know, and as we said, I've, you know, you could, uh, we, you know, you can buy in Glenhouse or you can buy in Linders. The truth of the matter is, they may be even, you know, a one-minute walk from each other, but they completely different uh, demographics, completely different suburbs, completely different investment return, and that's why we say, come there and actually feel the city, see it, see the infrastructure. But before you rock up, speak to you speak guys. To us, yeah. Speak to okay. us. That's okay.
0: Craig, we really are running out of time, guys. We could talk for another hour. I just want to let people know, first of all, Sabina, your email address is sabina at com. One yes. word. Yes. And a phone number here. You've got a South African... I have
1: a, I have a South African phone number. I will give that to you shortly. Okay. Um, but also, just so you know, that we have Shoshi um, Gentelli-Kartan um, is my business partner, and she does very well with all the new projects. We can offer everything. Um, we just need to know what you're looking for. Um, I'll give you my um, email address again. It's sabrina at com, or Facebook page, Israel Property Network, or Instagram, Israel Property Network. All the mail comes straight to me, and I will answer you
2: you can also get hold of me on Ari at IsraelPropertyNetwork.com or AriK at Discovery.co.za and uh, my cell phone number 0835649073 and uh, we're really always a phone call away to help and guide you and we really can't wait to welcome you to our family.
0: And please that's Ari with an R, not with a V, otherwise I'm gonna get all those emails. We often get each other's (laughs) (laughs) mails. Sabrina Ari, it's been a phenomenal discussion. The passion that comes across, the integrity that comes across and all I can say is that people jump on the bandwagon, take advantage of it. No one has mentioned fees or costs. This is a service where you'll, the, the agent will be remunerated in the sale and the relationship going forward. But you'll be remunerated upfront by not wasting your time. And time is precious. And just before we let you go, I just need to let you know that there's another innovation from Disco Clinic Services. They care and they connect. With K-Connect, your first stop is a clinic sister who will complete a health assessment and your professional consultation. Should you need a doctor, the nurse will then let you know, and you can go on to see a doctor. The doctor can renew and repeat your provide, uh, or provide you with a prescription. Supply any referral letters or sick notes if you need it. Unless you're a president, you're not getting one from Discam. You can get your meds there and then right on the spot. K-Connect, only from Diskin. Pharmacists, okay? Sabrina, Ari. Thanks so much, Craig. Thank Thanks for watching the broadcast. Thanks buttons. for having us. We'll speak great. to you next week.